0: Thanks for tuning in and making Res Life a part of your day. Whether this is your first time listening or this is a part of your weekly rhythm, we are glad you're here. If you'd like to connect more throughout the week, check us out at reslife.org, download our app, or follow us on social media. It's time for today's message, so let's dive in. I am Becca and
1: this is Samuel. And we have the absolute privilege of sharing the word today. But before we get going on that, we did want to take a minute to honor Dwayne and Jeannie. And this is actually pastor appreciation month. And you have many pastors here that, um, that we are honoring. But as Dwayne and Jeannie, you can see Dwayne's not here. He's actually preaching at our church. So we, we swap pulpits. But we have the privilege of not only being Dwayne and Jeannie's son and daughter-in-law, but of being pastored by them as well. And they have been amazing examples of what it is to serve the Lord faithfully for longer than I've been alive. And we honor you today, and we we just so appreciate all that you've put into making God's name known. Thank you so much. Well, let's pray. Lord, we come before you today, and we thank you for the goodness of who you are. And Father, we just thank you for the gift of marriage. And today, as we share on marriage, we just thank you, Lord, that all those people in this place who have come together with a spouse, Father, that they would... leave knowing what your word says about their future father and those who are single i pray that they would leave more empowered father to live for you and we pray that this message would not just be information but that it would be revelation that leads to transformation by the power of your holy spirit and it is in jesus mighty and yet oh so tender name we pray amen
0: amen well if you don't know it's just a little bit of our story is we met on Valentine's Day, 2005. We were over at Inside Moves off of 76th Street, and I was there rock climbing. Um, and we were just kind of—I was just there. I was on the wall doing doing some rock climbing stuff. And and this girl comes over, and I, I should probably add I had my shirt off. <laughs> And so I was, I was on the wall, I don't know if I mentioned that part yet. So, so I'm there climbing and I do this move where you like, you let go, you jump up and you grab another one, it's called a dyno. So I do one of those and I, and I end up back, back down off the wall and this girl comes over and she, she says, hey, um, nice body. And, oh, okay, so she said <laughs> nice moves, but you know what she meant. Like we all know what she meant, obviously, obviously. And, and so we just said hi, spoke just, just briefly, and I didn't, think, I didn't think a ton of it. I mean, it was Valentine's Day, and, and she was there with another guy, and, and I was there with my little brother. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's that. Wait, so, do,
1: you, do you remember him having his shirt off?
0: He says he doesn't pay attention. I don't know. But anyways, I'm glad he doesn't, by the way. But... So, and then a a few days later, my roommate comes up to me and gives me a phone number and says, you've got to call this girl. And he says, "Uh, I I met her. She lives out in Holland, but she thinks she already ran into you rock climbing. And I'm like, yeah, probably. And, And he's like, well, give her a call. So, so I called her and said, hey, love, love to get together. She so, said, so, you know, just give me a call or I'll call you or we can meet up or something. I covered all my bases. <laughs> I was like, this girl, I'm, I'm going to at least meet her. And so we cover all those bases. So seven days later, we go out on a date. We went rock climbing again. And, and I met her and was just like, holy cow. So seven days after that, we were on our way to Wisconsin, where she's from, to meet her parents and I mean, we were in Wisconsin, so we go over there, and, and we meet. I, I meet her parents. Some of the most awkward moments of my life. But anyways, and and so we're over there, and I'm like, well, while I'm here, um, like I, I better just ask, because I'm 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 gonna marry this girl. So sure enough, uh, we're we're down in the basement playing playing pool with her dad, and I said, um, hey. Bruce, I didn't know his last name, but I'm like, Bruce. Still doesn't. Um, yes, I do. I do now. <laughs> I do now. But I was going to change yours anyways, so it didn't matter. So, so I was just like, Bruce, um, da-da-da-da, I love your daughter. I want to marry her. And, and he looks at me and he goes, are, are you asking? Like, 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 are you, is this it? I'm like, this is it. I am I am asking. And he looks at me and he goes, How long have you known her?
1: Okay, now I do want to interrupt for just one second because my parents dated for five years and were engaged for one. And I am the oldest daughter in my family, so.
0: So I love that he asked, like, how long have you known her? Because that was twice as long as we'd been dating. (laughs) So I was like 14 days. Like, I've I've known her two weeks. (laughs) Two weeks. (laughs) And I still remember it. He looks at me and goes, I... Two weeks is a little shy of prudence. Like, and I don't remember what else he said about after that, except it did it it kind of turned into a negotiation. Like literally. He's like, Does she know you're asking? And I'm like, well. Well, on the way over to Wisconsin, we, we were just like listening to some music and we're, we're cruising along and, and Becca's plan was, she was in seminary, she needed to get a summer internship, and so she was going to be heading to, was it Kentucky? Kentucky. To intern at a camp for the summer, because yeah. again, we met in uh, February, Valentine's Day. And so on the way over there, I was like, hey, uh, what if instead of going to Kentucky, you, you stuck around here, and you did your internship at, at, at my dad's church, at, at Res Life? And, and she's like, well, that would work, but where would I stay? And I was like, well, if we get married, you can live with me. So, so, so I was, and she said, that sounds good. So I turned the music back up, right? <laughs> like, that settles that, <laughs> of course. And, and so now her dad says, well, does she know you're asking? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, I, I, we asked in the car, kind of, so that, that Totally. So the negotiation begins and he's like, maybe you could ask again in six months. And then so we negotiated and I said, well, maybe, maybe I ask again in three months. And, and they're like, okay. And we had a date set in our mind on the trip back before we got back to Michigan. And, and, I, and I tell that story for two reasons. Number one, my daughters will never do that. It's not recommended. <laughs> okay, I am not recommending it. It's not like this is the way you gotta do it. But number two is this. I knew nothing about her. Almost nothing. I knew she was really pretty. I knew she loved God, but not a whole lot more. And I think today, which is 17. 17- years and five kids later, we have a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a six-year-old. And we just have fun. It's just a party everywhere we go. We take the party with us. They're a riot. But I think we're a great example of the fact that any two people who decide to do marriage God's way, any man and woman who decide to do marriage God's way can have a great marriage. There's thousands of things I did not know about her. Oh, yeah. But I knew the important things. I knew the important things. And if we do it God's way, we can get the results that he promises. Mm -hmm. And marriage, God designed marriage. And he wasn't, he didn't look at Adam and say like, that guy's having too much fun. We gotta do something about this. No, God looked at Adam and said, this perfect man, yet he looked at Adam and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And so he created woman. Not to be a burden, not to be a ball and chain, but to have fun together. And that's what marriage is supposed to be. Yeah. Marriage is potential. And it can be the closest thing to heaven, and that's what it's meant to be, the closest thing to heaven that you experience on earth. Mm-hmm. But that pendulum swings the other way. And it can also be the closest thing to hell you experience on earth. I hope it's not, but it can be. But when we do it God's way, man, from wherever we are, it can be great. Shall we just jump right in? Yep. Come on. So let me just quick hit three lies that if you believe will stop you from experiencing the marriage that God's designed you to have. And lie number one is this, that you married the wrong person. That you married the wrong person because you didn't get connected on 277 different levels and the, 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 the troubles you're having. And, and through, these, through this series, you guys have heard this over and over 1 Corinthians 7, 28, those who marry will have trouble. You have a great marriage because you fight for a great marriage. Yeah. Great marriage. Your grandma and grandpa stayed together. Did I say grandpa and grandpa or grandma and grandpa?
1: Well, grandma and grandpa, I hope.
0: Yeah, me too. Okay, so (laughs) grandma and grandpa, they stayed together and every couple that you know that has made it has made it because they stayed together. I know, I know. Nobody's mind just blew. But yet it's the truth. It's just the hard truth of they just didn't give up. Those who marry will have trouble. And if you're in a valley, don't give up. It's a bad place to stop. Keep going, get through there. You did not marry the wrong person. And the next lie is this one. It's the lie that, well, you're just not in love anymore. I mean, you can fall in and out of love, right? I mean, if you can fall in, you can fall out. Like you're just like, you're going and then you're like, well, I'm not in love anymore. What am I supposed to do? Don't believe it for a minute. 1 Corinthians 13, four says this. It says, love is patient, love is kind. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast. It isn't proud, it is not rude or self-seeking. It's not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, preserves. Love never fails. Now let me just ask you a question. How many of those things are a feeling? The Bible just listed 16 things that love is and not one of them is a feeling. Love is a choice. You don't fall in and out of it, you choose to walk in it.
1: Yeah, marriage is a predecision for how you're gonna treat your spouse for the rest of their life regardless of how you feel. It's marriage is when you say, you look at that list and you say, I am choosing to love you. I am choosing not to be self-seeking. I am choosing not to be proud. I am choosing to lay myself down and rejoicing with the truth of God's word. I'm choosing to always persevere.
0: Absolutely. And the next lie I wanna make sure that you do not believe is this one. It's that you already blew it. That you've been married too long, you've established these patterns, and it is what it is. The grass would be greener on the other side of the fence. We hear that all the time, but the the truth is the grass is greener where it's watered. It's wherever it's taken care of. You don't need to go somewhere else to find something better. You can take care of what you have. Do not believe the lie that the great marriage boat has already sailed and that now you're just gonna settle for what you've got. And this is it, and you can stick it out. You can grunt it out, and it might be hard, but you can do it. It might be hard, but you can make it great. Again, you can make it great. And I say again, because I don't know anybody who ever walked down the aisle and been like, as they're getting married, be like this is going to be bad. I'm making a mistake. I don't know anybody that's done it. In every marriage that I do, I ask, like I go up to the groom right away and I'm like, hey, I got the keys to my car. Do you want to go? And no one has taken me up on it. I go up to the bride and I say the same thing. I'm like, you wanna get out of here? I don't offer to take her, by the way, but I'm like, well, you can leave. <laughs> you, don't, you, you, you can go and nobody's taken me up on it. They're always like, no, I wanna do this. I, I, I see a future and it's going to be great. You did not blow it. It can be great.
1: You know, when you're looking at Genesis in Genesis, there's an account of Sarah and Sarah overhears a promise that's given that she'll have a son and she laughs. She scoffs at the promise. Well, why? Why did did she laugh? Why did she scoff? Because instead, she accepted the valley of her life instead of the promise that God had given her. And when we look at our marriages, we cannot accept the valley. We have to look at the promise of what marriage is supposed to be. It is supposed to be a reflection of Christ's love for the church. That's what it's supposed to be. And we have to hang on to that hope.
0: Because his intention, God's intention with marriage is that two become one. Not two halves become whole. If you're single, you're not broken. You're not like missing something. I think it's fun to say like it's my better half. Absolutely. But it's two that become one. That's God's goal for marriage. It's not two people who live together. It's not two people who share bills. It's that the two become one. So how do we do that? How do we do it? If you want the world's results, do it the world's way. But let me just tell you: God designed marriage, and it is meant to be great. So, how do we do it? Number one, how do we do this? The two become one. Number one is this: realize that you're complete through your union with Christ. You're complete through your, with your union through Christ. It's Colossians 2:10. So also you are complete through your union with Christ. It's not that other person. If I look to Becca to give me what only God can, she will always fail. If I look to her and I need her affirmation, because without it, I can't make it through that. I need her to tell me how great I am, how good I am, how, how what I did was great. All those things are wonderful, but if I'm relying on her for my value, it isn't gonna work. It will always lead to problems. She's gonna fail. She's gonna do it wrong. We have to look to God every single time.
1: Yeah, you know, I was thinking this week about um, carbon atoms, right? Because everybody just thinks about carbon atoms. Um, And I was thinking about this in in terms of marriage. And I was thinking, when we try to do marriage with just Samuel and Becca, when it's just that two-dimensional thing, if you look at carbon atoms, when carbon atoms are arranged, two-dimensionally, it forms graphite, right? Pencil, slate, something that's easily broken, easily shattered. But when we look at carbon atoms that are arranged three-dimensionally, God, Samuel, and Becca, all three of us, that creates diamond. Diamond is the hardest known natural substance, known natural substance, and you can't break it. Both things are, look the same. It, the marriage looks the same, but one is easily broken. And one is indestructible.
0: Come on. The next one is this. The next one is this. It is vision. You want the two to become one, then you're gonna need, and you need vision. I've heard it said before that division is exactly that. It's two visions, diverging visions. You have you have you have separate things. The Bible says in Amos 3:3, it says, How can two walk together without agreeing on the direction? That's just going for a walk. <laughs> I, you're doing a little bit more than that if you get married. Have a vision. It was years ago. I was out, out for a run listening to a podcast, and, and I just, just, just love it. I love content that way. Just get on there. You hit it and hit it like maybe two and a half, three times the speed, and you're just running along the side of the road, and they're telling you what the Word of God says and what it has to say. Now you can apply it to your life, what your marriage needs to do, and your kids. So I just, I just absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm, all of a sudden, the guy I'm listening to, he says, hey, business people, he says, you have, you have a vision for your business, don't you? You have a business plan, you have a future, you know what it is, and where you're going. He says, pastors, leaders, he says, you have a vision for your churches, where it's going, and what God's called you to do, and how you're gonna do it, and, and this is the overlining vision, and does, does, does what we're doing line up with it? And I'm like, yup. And then he says this, he goes, husbands, wives, do you have a vision for your family? I stopped running right then. I was like, I don't have that. I was like, I, I don't have that. I'm like, I, I know what the Bible says. Write the vision, make it plain. And I went, I went home and I was like, hey, babe, I, we got done running. I just went in the house and I was like, wait a second. We know what we're doing and kind of where we're going, but it's, it's, it's not clear. And so we sat down and we wrote it out. We wrote it down. Like, what is it that we're going to do? Well, we're going to build the church. You know, at the time I was, I was on staff actually here, but, but we were, we were talking like, well, we're not, we don't build the church because we're on staff at a church. We build the church because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I'm like, we're going to build the church no matter what we're doing. This is what we do and who we are, whether we get paid for it or not. We're building the church. I'm like, this is what we're doing. And then We're gonna raise our kids. And we're not just gonna raise some kids. We're gonna raise some spirit-filled, word-believing, faith-talking, armor-wearing, devil-butt-kicking kids.
1: That's right.
0: Like, we're going to do it. And then I said, here's what we're gonna do. And then our marriage said, we are going to do this God's way, and it is gonna be an example of what a godly marriage is supposed to be. And so we wrote it down. Like, this Mm -hmm. is it. You need a vision, you need a vision for your marriage. Write it down. Write down that main vision of, hey, this is where we're going. And, and, and on a little side note of that, that vision is dreams. And here's what I mean. Don't just sleep together. Dream together. Have, what, what is it that your spouse is like, this is something that I would someday. What's their someday? What's there? you know what would be really cool? Work towards those things together. Work towards them together. And be like, this is the dream, this is something that she would love to do, and how, how can I make that come true, and here's, wh- what would this be, and what could this be like?
1: And the thing is, you don't have to, you you can have the same vision and still have different ways to, to bring it into fruition, right? We have a military, but we have different, we have the same plan, but we have different ways of achieving the results we want, right? We have a Navy, we have an Air Force, we have Army. We, have, You know, we have different ways of achieving the same plan. And so this doesn't mean that you have to all of a sudden have the gifts of the other person. It means that you focus on where you guys are going together and then you use your gifts, both of you, to go that direction.
0: And if you have kids, I think it is even more important that you have vision, that you write it down. This is what we're doing. And what is not vision is a, we don't want to do this. What you don't want is not, is not going to help. That vision is, this is where we're going. Not, well, I don't want them to be on drugs. I don't want them to get somebody or get pregnant. I don't want them to join, I don't want them to do this. That's, that's not having a vision. That's, that's not what that is. It's have a vision for your family. This is what we're doing. Something that you're like, well, this helps me to make decisions to look at and say, this is how we're gonna live, and this is why. There, there is a difference, and we're gonna honor God with what we do. And I think it's, it's really easy to get excited for, like in here. And it's something that I think is like fun, like, yeah, we could, yeah, vision, woo, woohoo, woo two hands maybe, like, yeah, okay, let's do it. But it gets a little bit different when you're with your friends, especially when it comes to kids, and all their friends are doing something, and all your friends and all their parents are doing this, and you're like, well, we don't do that. And your kids are like, well, why? Well, because we go to church on Sunday. Because there's not gonna be enough parents there. And I'm not gonna, nope, nope, who's gonna be there, and who's gonna be what, and what are you doing? I don't think that that honors God, so we're not gonna do it.
1: I say that we do not sacrifice our children on the altar of political correctness. It's gonna look different the way we parent our kids. Come on. And I don't, it might look strange to somebody else, but we, we serve an audience of one, and that's not just with our marriage, that's with our children's lives.
0: Absolutely, and they're God's kids. Yeah. And as much as I love them, I ask my kids, I said, who loves you more than dad? And every one of them knows the answer, and they say, God does. They're God's kids, and we're raising them to honor Him. And vision is a predecision of what's gonna happen when decisions come up later. It's the screen that we sift things through and we run it through, like this is what our kids are gonna do. So if it doesn't line up with it, then, then no, that's not what is the most important. Um, you might be popular, you may not. That's okay. You don't have to make that team. And if you get cut from the team because it's traveling and it's Sunday, that's okay. We're gonna honor God. I think one of the litmus tests for that would be this, is if if somebody were to ask our kids, what's more important, school or God? What would they say? They don't let me miss school, they make sure I do my homework. What's more important, building the kingdom of God, them discovering what their gifts and talents are and how to use them to build the kingdom of God and how to make a difference today that they don't have to wait until they're a little bit older to begin to do anything. God wants to use them right where they are right now or that they make some team. We get to decide what that's going to be. Have a vision. Write it down. Dream together. Decide this is where we're going to go. Share those dreams. We... We recently moved, bought a house 20 years ago to flip, and I finally did. But anyways, and and
1: I loved it. I loved it.
0: I couldn't hunt there, which is one of the things I just didn't like about it is like I couldn't hunt there. And so we finally got some property that we could hunt on. And and so I went hunting and I got my buck a couple of days ago. Come on.
1: I think I was more excited than he was.
0: (laughs) Seriously, she was. When we, we're, we're tracking it, and we find it, and it's right there. And I'm videoing her with my phone, and she's videoing me. And she's like, she goes, I think I'm the one that's going to cry. She goes, I've wanted this for you for so long. It wasn't just, just my dream. She's like, one of the things that really attracted me to this piece and to doing this was you getting to do what you've dreamed about.
1: He stayed in that little house that I loved for so long because I loved it. And so, yeah, when he got the deer, I was just like, I'm running out there. I'm like, we're all pajamas and everything. I'm like, we're tracking this thing. We're getting this thing because, yeah.
0: Dream together. Don't just, sleeping together is great, but dream together. Make sure that you're sharing. You know what it is that, that he likes, that she likes. Dream together. Accomplish it together. It is so much more fun. And the next one, the next thing when it comes to the two becoming one. Hold on, I
1: gotta prep them just a second. Oh, yeah? Okay, first service did not cheer. So like get ready to cheer. Okay, are you guys ready? You ready?
0: The okay, next, Okay. The so next the next, one next one thing is. when it's the two becoming one is this, it's sex. Yes! Come on, there we go, there yes! we go. that was they're, awesome, they're thank far, you. yeah, come on. Because here's, here's the deal. I want you to listen to 1 Corinthians chapter six. I'm gonna start in verse 18. It says this. This is why I say to you, run from sex, sin. No other sin affects the body as this one does. When you sin this sin, it is against your own body. Sex is spiritual. It says it is against your own body. The Bible says don't join yourself with a prostitute. Why would you want to become one with her? It's, it's spiritual, and you've heard that from so many different voices throughout this series. But realize that it is the tool that God has given us for the two becoming one. Plain and simple.
1: And it's meant to be for both people. I think that's something that can get lost in culture, is we think it's for the men, or we hear the message as for the men, and that just isn't That's just not the whole truth. It's really for both of us. When we look at scripture and it talks about, in the New Testament, when it talks about sex, it talks about it as a mutually pleasurable experience. It talks about it as an experience that both people enjoy. And if you look at Song of Solomon, if you read that book, the woman actually has a lot more to say about the pleasures of sex and the enjoyment than the man does.
0: Absolutely. And if you're married, somebody's always gonna want it more. Your spouse is not broken, weird, different, or perverted. They just want somebody is gonna want it more. Okay? Somebody's just like they're a morning person, and the other person's a night person, somebody's a Tuesday person, and somebody's an everyday of the week person. It's just somebody's gonna want it more. Now, in for us, it's it's typically Becca. And and she she chases me around, and I'm just like, well, can't we cuddle? That would that would just be great. And I'm, I'm more than my body can love, love me for that too. Um, and you laugh, but I'm serious. And, and you say, well, how, how, how did you do that? I prayed a lot, a lot, a lot. It's, it's great. But here's the thing. It is meant to be a gift. Yeah. It is a gift to those who are married, a gift that God gave, invented, and then gave. And he's like, look, this is gonna be something for you when you're married. Cherish and protect that gift, it is meant, and it is one of the main ways that the two become one. A- you were gonna say something.
1: So uh, a few years ago, we were actually taking a trip to Canada, and I had packed very poorly for the trip. I hadn't thought about how cool the weather was going to be, and so we were looking up a local sporting goods store, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? This sporting goods store." I'm like. They probably have the warm, warmer gear that I need. And so we looked up when their hours were going to be, and we're like, okay. So the next morning, we show up during their posted hours, and the door's closed. It's locked. And so we're tugging on the handle, and we're like, ah, oh. we're like looking in the window, kind of knocking on the window, because I'm like, this is incredibly frustrating. It's incredibly frustrating. Now, here's the thing. That would never happen at Meijer. That would never happen at Meyer. Meyer posts their hours. They're open 364 days a year, except for Christmas Day. They post their hours and they say, We're open. So when you get married, when it comes to sex, you are putting that open sign in your door. You are Meyer. Okay? Come now, I do want to point out that Meyer does close. There, there are very rare occasions that Meyer is closed. And so it's not like an all the time, every time, ready to go, rearing, but you want to be as available as possible for the other person when it comes to sex.
0: And I do my best. Come on. All right. <laughs> Protect it. And I mean it. Protect it. And, and that means before you're married and afterwards, uh, something that's absolutely, absolutely everywhere, is porn. And I don't like to say it, but here we go. Stay away from it. Um, You let that in, and it's no longer the two becoming one. Here's, Here's what it does. You close off a part of yourself from the person that you want to be the closest to. You begin to lie. You begin to deceive. And I know because I fell in this area started looking at porn before, we got, before I ever got married. Stopped and tried to stop many different times. Stopped many different times. And, but one of the things I told myself was, when I get married, I won't have this problem anymore. So we got married, and I, and I didn't for a while. But it came back up. <laughs> I went back to it. <laughs> There's no excuse. I went back to it. And... It can wreck a marriage and it can ruin this one. It can ruin and just destroy your sex life. But it came back up. She caught me. We got together. And let me just say this. You can come back from that. Yes. The Bible, here's what the Bible says. The Bible says that God works all things for the good of those that love and serve him. Mm. You can come back from it, but do your best to keep it out. Keep it out. We have a wonderful marriage today. We went through it. It wasn't fun. There was a lot of tears. There's a lot of, but what about this? And how am I going to trust you again? And you work it. You work back to it slowly.
1: Psalm 66, 12 says, we went through fire and flood, but you have brought us to a place of great abundance. Fire and flood is meant to destroy. It's meant to wreak havoc. And and our world is going to put all sorts of things up that, that try to do that. But we get to look at this word and we get to say, we went through all of that stuff, but God has brought us to a place of great abundance. And that is available for every one of you and every one of your marriages.
0: It can be, but it's in doing it God's way. Now, one of the things that it does is you get to the other side of it because here's what God does. God takes the crap that we give him and he turns it into fertilizer. He really does. And that's what it's meant to be. So we look at, we went through this and it was not fun at all. But today I look and I'm like, if we made it through that, there's nothing gonna break us up. Like we've, we've got this. She's, she stayed with me, she walked with me, we locked arms and we just kept going. But do understand this there are consequences. I think often we hear a testimony and they're like, I did this and killed this and drank this and shot up this and snorted that and God took it all away and everything's great. And sometimes I hear testimonies and I almost think, well, why avoid it if life is that good after it? Um, there's some things you're gonna have to deal with. That was
1: fifteen
0: years ago. And it's just two weeks ago that Becca comes to me and she's like you're looking at porn again, aren't you? And I'm like, no. She's like, well, I'm getting all these crazy ads. She says she's just getting these ads on her phone. And she's like, and then, and then if you're not looking at porn, then why aren't you pursuing me? As Why aren't you pursuing me more? And I'm like, I'm not. I. But the only reason she's asking is I opened up that door. And so she's questioning because I gave her grounds to question me. And just that breaks my heart, I like, I, but I can't undo it. And then she says, well, why aren't you pursuing me? And I said, well, why aren't you? As, I, I feel like you're not being receptive. I'm like, I feel like I am, but you're not being receptive. And she's like, no, you're not pursuing me. And I'm like, well, I know how we can solve this. Well, we can solve this in five minutes or less. Like keep we, saying
1: that. That's not,
0: <laughs> if,
1: if I said that. <laughs> in, the, in the short term, you know what
0: I mean? And then like the long... Anyways, let's move on.
1: You know, I do want to say just really quickly with that, this goes back to that three-dimensional, two-dimensional. If it was just Samuel and I, and I was holding him up as having to be my all, as having to be my fulfillment in everything, then those moments can destroy you. But if you already know what the word says about marriage, if you already know what the word says about your spouse, if I know that before he's husband, he is child of God, then i can i can see him in that light and we can hit this as a team instead of it being you're doing this to me you're trying to hurt me you've broken all my trust we can't be we can't be what we were it's like no you know what what we always were is connected to him he was what gave us the provision for our marriage the sustenance for our marriage and we can always be that
0: come on i'm so thankful for her but let me just say this god will take your mess and he can use it, but it requires us giving it to him. God works all things together for the good. Keep reading, of those who love and serve him. It's doing it God's way. And we can't go back in time and change what we did, but we can start today and say, God, I give it to you all right now. I don't know what your marriage is. I don't know what you've done and haven't done, but if you'll submit and say, God, I'm gonna do, you, do it your way today. Today, I'll do it your way. God can make that, take that thing, that broken, that tarnished, that not what it could be, that we've settled for good and we haven't pursued great. If we'll chase after to God, I'll do it. I'll lay down my life and I'll serve her. God's like, watch what I can do with it. He can do amazing things if we'll give it to him. The truth is, he could do amazing things with whatever we give him, all of it, but it starts with giving it, whatever it is, to him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? You no, know, we're, out, we're out of time this morning, but what I just said is so incredibly true. It starts with you giving it to him. I don't know where you are. I don't know what your circumstances might be, what you've done in your past, where you've been, but God does. And he loves you so much. He's a loving heavenly father looking down at you. He sees your mistakes. He sees every crack in your armor, everything you've ever done wrong. He knows it. And he loves you. And he wants with all of his heart for you to come to him and say, dad, I need your help. I've made a mess. Will you help me? He's dying to say yes. Literally, he already died so that he could say yes. Because he knew that we couldn't fix our own problems. That was separated us from him was too big and too great for us. So he sent his son to die so that we could be free so we could be forgiven and so that he could have a relationship with us. So that the things that hold us, he could break us free from. It's so easy to look at the Christian life and look at what God calls us to and be like, I could never do that. I could never be that. I've fallen so many times when we try and God's like, I know you can't. That's why my son did. He died. And I want to empower you by my spirit to live that life. You never could on your own because you can't. I can't. But through him, we can. If you're here you say, no, I need that. I need to give my life to him. Whether this is the first time or you say, today I just need to come back. I need to give him my all. I need to go all in for God. I need to stop holding back this and that area of my life. I want to cry out to my heavenly father. God, I need you. I want your help. He's listening. He's ready. He's willing. And he's able. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says this. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. That's what he wants for you. If that's you at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand and right in your seat, we're gonna pray. And when we say amen, you can know that your sins are forgiven, set free and begin to walk out the relationship that God has for you. Let him empower you by his spirit to live that life you know you can't on your own because you've tried and failed. That you love the honor of praying with you. I thought you'd get ready. You're gonna be bold and we're gonna lift it high. Get ready. One, two, three. Three, shoot it up and say, That's me. And today is my day. This is my time. Thank you. And I'm leaving here different. Set free. I'm gonna be free and I'm gonna be His. Here we go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Come on, hands down. Here's what I want us to do right in our seats. I want everybody in here to repeat after me as we pray. And those that lifted their hands, as you say these words, say them from your heart. Make them your own. And let's all just pray out loud together. Say, Jesus. Forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. Thank you for sending your son to die for me, to shed his blood so that I could be free. From now on, God, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information, if you're in need of prayer or just want to connect with the community, go to
1: reslife.org, follow us on social media, or email us anytime at reslife at
0: reslife.org. We hope you have a blessed day, and we will see you again soon.